God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Welcome to the Manifestation Matters podcast, dedicated to exploring the divine creative power that lives inside us all, and how you can use the spiritual science of manifestation to create the life of health, happiness, love, and abundance you deserve. I'm your host, Eric Wall Robinstein, and I'm glad you're here. In our last episode, we spoke in some depth about the law of assumption, specifically about the mechanics of manifestation. And it was there that we saw how consciousness or our I am beingness is composed of two aspects, with each one performing different roles in the manifestation process. There is, of course, the conscious or seen aspect of consciousness, which we likened to the male aspect of creation. And it is this aspect of consciousness that steers the act of manifestation. And then on the other hand, there's the subconscious or the unseen aspect of consciousness, which we likened to the female. And it is this aspect that is responsible for giving birth to the actual manifestation itself. Now, the key point here is that the female aspect of consciousness, the subconscious, the actual creative power within you, does not choose what she creates. By natural law, She creates solely based upon the seeds that have been planted within her. And those seeds of manifestation in the form of thoughts and feelings are sown by the seen or male aspect of consciousness. Now, this, of course, means that the importance of managing the types of seeds that are planted the types of thoughts and feelings that are being impressed upon the subconscious cannot be overstated. Because whatsoever a man or woman soweth, that shall they also reap. Or from another passage, it's because seeds follow their own kind. Now, you may be thinking, this all sounds great in theory, but if all you need to do is to think the right thoughts and let the natural laws of manifestation do the work for you, why isn't every teenage girl on the planet dating Nick Jonas or Harry Styles? Or why isn't my desire for the promotion or the money or the relationship or the health? Why isn't that Manifesting. Because, I mean, let's face it, 
if you're like most people, you spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about your most cherished desires, maybe even praying for them. So what gives? And I'll admit I'm totally on board with this line of questioning because for a long, long time, I was sitting with those very same questions. I mean, years ago, I was obsessed about healing myself from my post-traumatic stress disorder. And I was fixated on getting ahead in my career as a marketing director. And I was starry-eyed about casting off on a round-the-world cruise on my sailboat. Day after day, doing everything I could think of to sow the seeds of the life of my dreams. But in the immortal words of Yukon Cornelius, nothing. And this is why, for years, I thought all of this law of manifestation talk was a bunch of New Age hogwash. Spiritual swill, good for nothing other than selling books and filling seminars. But it turns out I was, once again, way off base. Because as I was to learn, the problem wasn't with the law of manifestation. It was with me. Truth be told, there were several issues that were causing me to stay stuck. Feeling like there was an invisible wall blocking me from what I so deeply wanted in life. But there was a single mistake that I was making again and again and again that was more responsible for my struggle than any other. And that mistake was this. I had developed a habit of thinking of my desire instead of thinking from my desire. Let me explain. So for clarity's sake, let's take the example of one of my most consuming desires at the time. My desperation to heal from that raging case of PTSD I was left with from a brutal mugging back when I was in my teens. Something that pretty much ruled my life for 16 years. We're talking insomnia and persistent anxiety, hypervigilance, emotional reactivity, isolating behaviors, and I could go on and on. That aside, as I was struggling with all of this, as you might imagine, I was obsessed with getting my normal, healthy, happy life back. And as luck would have it, I was at a work party down in the San Francisco Financial District one evening. And it was there that I was introduced to a guy named Stephen, who claimed to be a law of attraction coach. Long story short, I ended up working with Stephen for a period of months and throughout that time, he pretty much beat the same drum. He said that if I could just focus on the end goal 
and become a vibrational match to what I wanted, whatever that means, I would attract it into my life and it would become my reality. And I'll admit it sounded great if it worked, only it didn't. Now, just to be clear, I'm not suggesting that old Stephen and his law of attraction advice was a bunch of hoo-ha, but I am suggesting that his instructions did steer me away from what I wanted. Because when he invited me to focus on health and happiness, that's precisely what I did. I visualized a time when I would be free of my insomnia and my anxiety. I dreamt about a time when I would again feel safe in public spaces. And I imagined a time when I would be filled with ease and happiness. All of which, from at least outward appearances, seemed to be on target. But the fact is, they really missed the mark. And it's all down to those two little words. A time. I visualized, I dreamt, and I imagined a time when I would be filled with ease and happiness. A time, by the way, and here's the kicker, that was obviously not now. You see, by focusing on what I wanted, or we could also say, thinking of my desire, just as I had been instructed, I was leaving the door open to manifesting precisely what I did not want, more of the same. And that's because as I was dutifully thinking of my desire, subtly in the background of things, I was also conscious of the fact that my desire was not my current reality. In other words, I was thinking of being healthy while at the very same time thinking from being broken. And what we need to remember, what you are thinking from is what counts. You might recall from our last episode, you don't get what you want, you get what you consent to be true. When you think from your desire, you are assuming that the current state of reality is one in which your desire has already been fulfilled. In my case, it would have been to assume that my current state of reality was me, healthy and happy, with my PTSD once and for all in the rearview mirror. But that's not what most of us do. We think of our desires, unwittingly planting them out there somewhere in the future, And I can tell you that's certainly what I did. I thought of a time when I will be happy and healthy. But as Neville Goddard would remind us, to feel I will be happy and healthy 
is to confess that I am not happy and healthy. So in this way, we can see easily how the state of being that comes from thinking of a desire is certain to produce very different thoughts and feelings in consciousness than thinking from that very same desire, which of course means very different seeds that are planted into the fertile soil of the subconscious. You see, here's what's easy to miss. When I think of my desire as a future fact, the very idea of it as a future fact includes an implied assumption that health is not my current reality. And as such, I'm then filled full of thoughts and feelings that imply my desire is not fulfilled. Those thoughts and feelings then seed the subconscious, which in turn becomes manifest, which is me with my desire unfulfilled. I've reaped the fruits of the seeds that I have sown. On the other hand, if instead of thinking of my desire, I shift to thinking from my desire, again, which means to think from the perspective that my desire for health and happiness has already been fulfilled. When I do that, I will now be filled full of thoughts and feelings of being grateful for having my health and happiness back. And these thoughts and feelings that imply my desire has been fulfilled are now the seeds that are impressed into the subconscious, which yields a harvest of precisely what I desire, me healthy and happy. We reap what we sow. Or to quote another passage, to whom hath it is given. Now, at this point, it's worth mentioning, well, an important fact, and it's this. Your assumed reality, or what you are thinking from, it need not have anything to do with your current three-dimensional experience. It can be completely independent of what we've all come to call reality. That means you can think from being rich even when the world tells you you're poor. And you can think from being healthy even when the world tells you you're sick. And you can think from being in a loving relationship even while the world tells you that you're alone. And in fact, not only can you, but you must at least if you want to have the laws of creation working for you. Because remember, the subconscious is non-selective and it accepts as true whatever thoughts, whatever feelings, the conscious feeds it, no matter what they are. 
So do not let the so-called rational mind use your current life experience in the outer world to poison your inner world with the seeds of doubt and worry. Instead, you must, again in the words of Neville, leave the dead facts alone. So this week, the invitation becomes this. To become ever more aware of the way in which you visualize your desires and the life of your dreams. To be ever more vigilant for that all too common habit of thinking of what you desire instead of from what you desire. And of course, to shift and create a new habit of thinking from what you desire effortlessly as if on autopilot. To wrap yourself in your desire fulfilled, wearing it like a thick woolen shawl so you can feel its warming effect all the way down to your cells and in your bones. Of course, this means that you must, at times, turn your back on the sabotaging influence of your outer experience, the world which tries to convince you that your desire has not yet manifest, and instead to remain steadfastly loyal to the causal realm of imagination, to the vision of your wish fulfilled. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. And I'm hopeful you've been able to envision how you might more artfully employ the laws of creation in your life. As always, thanks for listening and a huge, huge thank you to all my patrons whose support makes this podcast possible. And as is our custom around here, I'm including with this episode a manifestation worksheet to help you make the empowering shift from thinking of to thinking from. It's called the Thinking From The End Worksheet. And it's a brief exercise my students in the online Bright Life Yoga Collective have used to create some truly amazing shifts in their lives. You can get the worksheet and exercise free on my Patreon page at www.patreon slash manifestation matters. And yes, I'll put a direct link in the show notes. And lastly, anything you could do to help spread the word about the podcast would be super appreciated. Share it with friends, post an honest review, or even give it a thumbs up if you're listening over on YouTube. It all helps to spread these powerful teachings and make the world a kinder and happier place. Thanks again for being here, and I'll see you in the next one.